hello, welcome to the Age of Sigmar Stat Center. I'm your host, Rob. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Owen Jackson, live from the Costa del Brava over in Portugal. Uh, hey, Owen, how are you? I'm all right, man. Life in paradise, baby. Oh, baby, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Live from another country. I mean, I, I call people in from other countries all the time, but it feels weird that you've gone somewhere else. Uh, so excited for that. Yeah, man. Um, did yeah. you need Did you need a pool nearby just for the hot hot lists uh, that Mate, we've seen from yeah. this weekend? No, it's more the filth that I need to wash off myself. I'm going to run straight in there after we've talked about the lists today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on holiday, but you know, Warhammer never takes a holiday, does it? Certainly, Age of Sigmar. So um, yeah, here we are. I mean, I, I, like, just for everyone at home, if this that centre doesn't end with Owen just taking off the earphones and jumping straight in the pool, uh, I don't know if there's, I don't know, if, I don't know why we're doing this. If I'm honest, but there we go. <laughs> I will genuinely do that uh, if you want me to, <laughs> just to prove it's prove not it at a the end. Prove it at the end uh, for everyone else okay. at home. So if you guys are tuning in live or watching this back on YouTube or listening to the podcast, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, this is the Stat Center. So what we do is we look at all of the Age Sigmar events that have happened over the weekend and for the first time in quite a while we and we had like the Lone Star Open recently over in America that was a fairly large event uh, we've had three events here in England some two-day events and there were also four one-day events I think three in America maybe one in France they could have been some from somewhere else in the world that we don't know about and if there are and you want to let us know about them we now have an email that you guys can uh, get to in the chat and you can drop us any information in there um, we'll pick up that info as soon as possible so uh, I'll also include that in the the, um, the podcast uh, notes and also in the YouTube uh, description as well so if you want to get to us with any information for events that are coming up or around the world uh, please let us know because we're going to then include them in our calendar which we haven't finished yet um, but we are going to keep an updated Age of Sigmar calendar from around the world as well so let us know because we want to know about all the events because it's been a it's been busy this weekend Owen right? Yeah, it's been really busy and it's been really nice. Obviously, um, I was thinking about when the last sort of big UK event was that was like in person. And we've been doing so many of these stat centers um, and it's always been about stuff all around the world. So it's nice to be reporting on, you know, some events from from back in the UK, um, because obviously there's a massive scene uh, here. Um, and yeah, we had um, three three pretty reasonably sized events. One one big one, which has been in the calendar for a long time, um, in Mancunian Carnage. And then uh, yeah, then we had uh, the Lost and the Damned up in Scotland, um, and then down in London, the London Open. So north, south, and in the in the middle of the country, Warhammer everywhere, Rob. Brilliant. I know, very exciting, uh, very exciting. Like for the past year, we've basically been living off Australia, uh, holding any events, and I guess America. Um, uh, and it, <laughs> some of them we did mention, uh, <laughs> uh, but um, it's nice to have events uh, back in the home yard as well. But there are going to be events all around the world, and obviously we'd like to hear about as much as possible. Like I've talked a lot, well, talked a bit. Like the metas are always very different wherever you go. Like very, very different. Australia's upside down. Uh, the French one is full of hordes. Um, uh, the Swedish one generally like is a nice like eclectic mix actually. So just whenever you do have events, please let us know because we want to know more and more. We want to know about as much of them as possible. See if there are any concurrent trends. Like there's a Soulblight Gravelords trend going on, which I think is quite interesting. Uh, more to talk about as we go through. So, but it's nice having events uh, in our backyard, especially like some some names we know. Owen like mm -hmm. as well like yeah. and that's why i want to find about new events so i can learn some new names and learn some new players from around the world as things go on um uh, but yeah that's it uh exciting i am i am a bit worried about this show though rob because there's the hobby gets bigger and bigger we might have be having like a five hour stat center where we've got like 50 <laughs> events to try and cover uh, where we just we all we do is we just read off the events like like people read off their patreon supporters at the end of a youtube <laughs> video we just go there was this 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 some people want some stuff everyone had a great time beer was consumed yeah bosh yeah and they're gonna well i'm gonna be doing some list week. breakdowns actually this week uh so that's one of those things coming up but like we'll, we'll I, when I put them out, that's when they'll come out, and we'll talk about those more um, because they're good. Do you want to kick us off with the first event? Yeah, why not? I think we should kick off with Carnage. Um, it's been in the in the diary for a long time. So this was Mancunian Carnage um, at Element Games in Stockport. Um, the TO, uh, the tournament organizer, was Mr. Alex Jones. Um, and yeah, seventy players he settled on in the end, Rob. So good, good, uh, a good field. Yep. 
Um, yeah, so first two-day event, and obviously you had players coming from... They were seeing the pictures on Twitter. You had lots of clubs. You had all the all the guys in their club shirts, and um, but yeah, all the feedback on Twitter. Everyone was just really happy to be playing Warhammer with with friends, old and new. Yeah. So oh, we've um, seen this. Yeah. We've seen this at every event, right? Like every event yeah. where people have been going to recently, um, people are just excited to like their their first like for many people, uh, very much like this, and and also asterisks next to every event and i've said this last week and every event this isn't a carnage specific thing asterisk next to every event um that i'm assuming uh that for the first couple of months uh there's an asterisk next to all of the event results it's not meant to be critical of any event results it's just a lot of people still learning how the hell the game works before we get to mm. their skills involved in, in in winning the game but still still like notable wins and you know not to absolutely. devalue anything hell no 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 absolutely i mean still you know putting the army on the table and, you know, being an excellent general. And everyone's, if, if, if it is a new addition, everyone's at the same starting level yeah. to a degree, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. you know. Which is a really solid uh, point, yeah. The people that are winning these events. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this, um, we'll touch on it. There were some quite heavy soft scores. So the actual top three we'll touch on. And then we'll go to pure gaming, if you like, Rob, as a, you know, I know that we're primarily a narrative channel. But, you know, just for this one Monday show, we'll keep it competitive. <laughs> are you cool I, with that? I, <laughs> I'm probably only going to care about the gaming one, to be honest, and not give a fuck about the soft score one. But it's nice that okay. they've been done, I guess. Because it was also a comp packing effect as well, right? Uh, for the event. Uh, you weren't able to use Metamorphosis as a spell from the GHB. Also, killing monsters wasn't worth any additional points. Um, but I think you got, gained points from achieving the battle tactics. So actually, like it's a comped event. Not that I think that that particularly affects some of uh, the results, but also something to be conscious of as well, right? Yeah, and I mean, when we go to the the winners and the armies and the, and the players that, that are taking it out, it is very much it's still a meritocracy, right? Still, you win you win five games and you've got an excellent chance of taking out the tournament, regardless of soft scores. And um, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see that now. So, with the soft scores, um, the the winner was uh, Fabian Quinn with a disciples of Zeech, Host Arcanum. Um, the runner up, uh, Toby Meadows, a uh, lovely guy. Fabs is also a lovely guy. Probably say that. Fabian Everyone's is great. a great guy. So is yeah. Toby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was Toby. I remember Toby on uh, Twitter was like, "What should I take to Carnage? Um, Obiana Gash or Double Cabbage Iron Jaws?" And like everyone was like, "Double Cabbage Iron Jaws, Double Cabbage Iron Jaws." And obviously that that came well because he came second. Um, and then Edward Harrison with a Thunder Lizard Seraphon list. Um, was third so that was including the soft scores if we just go to pure gaming there's not too much of a change but um again fabian quinn um disciples of siege only with five the, Carnum, the, the big five the only five oh um and then greg shelton well um, can we, yeah greg shelton in second place wasn't it yeah with the soul black grave lords uh, a castellai dynasty um that was a 4-1 and then um toby meadows in there on third place on the pure gaming again with the iron sons Whoa. iron Jewels. yeah if we just quickly do the 4-1 bracket because actually i like we took we talked about this actually we talked about this off air and i think so one of the things i'd like to and one of the things i've we've done on the stats center for a while but maybe one of the things i'd like to see tio's reward i don't know what you think is I think that there should be a, a award for first place bracket, like five O's, and then second place bracket for ones, like as opposed to a one, two, three, because sometimes they generally tend to, yes. like, the difference is like nominal in some situations. So big shout out to the four one bracket because there's a lot of people in here. Greg Shelton, like you said, in second place uh, with his soul like grave lords. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Toby Meadows with a double cabbage uh, iron jaws, excellent play. Ray Standage, big Ray fan. Big Wraith fan uh, I am with his Seraphon. Mike with his Seraphon. Ed Harrison with his Seraphon. Uh, then Matt Davies. Got to talk about that. 4-1 notable. Math Mallow did the Sylvaneth faction reaction. Dressed as a tree for an entire weekend. 4-1 with Sylvaneth. That's fantastic. Matt, uh, Matt Goldsborough, the, the demon of the Super Series in the uh, Bad Moon Loons with his Lumineth Realm Lords, again, 4-1. Uh, Liam Halford, uh, sorry, Liam Alford with his Lumineth Realm Lords, 4-1. Tom Morsley with his Chaos Demons, 4-1 as well. And a notable thing about Chaos, uh, about Tom Morsley's Chaos Demons, um, if you look through the list, it's the it's the negative play list. It's Kairos, Bellacor, uh, Corn Demon Prince. You can't charge, you can't move, you can't do anything. Um, uh, he only got 1,900 kill points over 
five rounds should be like you're potentially ten thousand. So he <laughs> like he killed nothing and went four one. And you could have some really good conversations about that, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is uh, really good. Um, Pete, yes, with his ogre more tribes. Big fan of Pete from the Essex More Tribes uh, with his uh, went four one. That's great. Uh, and then Dan George with his Sons of Behemoth as well. Um, uh, getting the Sons of Behemoth up there on a 4-1. We think they're going to be super good in this ed- edition. Dan's got to be super happy about that as well, right? That's yeah. excellent work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And also we should touch on um, Andy Hughes. Uh, didn't drop a game, but uh, came in with two draws. So that was with a Magnificent Wanderers. Um, three wins and two draws. And best painted. Andy Hughes is turning into a narrative sort of soft score player now. I don't know. Something's changed over the summer. Him and Dan George are just all about the painting matter now. But um, still smashing it with the game in as well, it seems. Well, something so, to talk about in that 4-1. All good for Team Wales. Yeah, I was going to say something to talk about in that 4-1 bracket. And also in that top like 5-0, 4-1 bracket is a huge swath of new players. Tom Morsey obviously doesn't need any introduction, one of the captains of the English ETC team for a long time, yeah? But Matt Goldsborough, really a lockdown star, come out of lockdown via a load of TTS and has been kicking ass on tables in real life, obviously here at the TSN Arena and now there. Uh, Math Mallow, same thing. Uh, got into uh, getting to Warhammer just before um, just before lockdown. Uh, now doing really well with Silverneth, seen, seen as a suboptimal army and four one in that. Toby, same thing. New lad on the scene, working really hard. Been going to loads of events and smashing it. Greg, I think, hasn't been in there super long either. Uh, no, Greg, I'm not sure. was at, Greg was at Slaughter running some flesh eater courts. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you're right. Relatively new players. So yeah, we're seeing the players putting in the work. Um, and the sort of the new breed coming through. And um, yeah, obviously they were super keen to put some results together. And yeah. Yeah. And Fabian as well. Doing really so Fabian well. In that fir- yeah. Fabian in that first place slot. No, there's, there's... Sorry. Sorry. Owen, what did you say? Oh, I don't know. I was probably just going to ramble on a little bit, but you're right. Fabian. Fabian's not necessarily an, he's new to AOS, but he is a player of note from, from back in fantasy days, I think. Yeah, 7th um, edition. Robert, seventh, you... I think 7th edition or maybe 8th edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles. Uh, I played Fabian recently, actually, in Age of Sigmar 3. Was each against this Archeon list that we're about to talk about in a minute. Lovely human being. Uh, the fact that he got no favorite sports votes, I assume, is the list and not the person because he's just a treasure. Um, uh, and I'd play Warhammer against him all day. But Greg's lovely as well. Like, and, and that's my point about this kind of like this category. Load of new people doing very well. Really excellent for Age of Sigmar 3, I think. Loads of lo- new young blood into the competitive scene is an excellent place to have the game be, right? Yeah, and for absolutely. Team Wales because there's like five Team Wales members in there or something insane. Yeah, yeah. Team Wales got definitely got a strong squad. Um, I mean, I had to step aside to run the the Six Nations, but I don't even know if I'd get in the team at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> but also, there's, a, there's in the chat there. Dread is it? Dreadwood's in the chat. Yeah. yeah. Um, bring it, bringing up that average age of the whole tournament massively. We did have AD Mack in there and John Dale. Fresh... Yeah. And John Dale. Yeah, like two old, two two old wise men coming back. Three two in as well, so not doing too bad, right? Absolutely not. Yeah, there's um, yeah, there's there's there's, play, there's new players grinding, and then there's there's you know, but I think you you wouldn't say that John and uh, and AD haven't been putting in really well in the, in the super series. Um, yeah, no no um substitute for practice, right, Rob? I think that's one of the the learnings there. Put in the work, and you get the get the gains. Especially for the meta as well. Especially understanding, especially understanding where the game's at. A lot of these players are either playing a lot of TTS like over lockdown, or generally just staying up to date and informed of what's happening on around the world. And I think that that's really showing in their ability on the tabletop. I'm sure some of those matches they would have been like, right, cool, I know what's going on here. I've experienced this. And there's nothing better than playing or at least hearing about how some lists work before you go in and play against the world, which I think is interesting. Um, but Fabian, let's talk about that. Taking out that top place, got to be super happy. Um, with his disciples of Zinch list. Uh, now we're gonna uh, we'll have a quick look at the list now. Uh, but Owen, when we look at the other two event results, there's a story from the weekend, right? Like maybe we should lead with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's that talking heads line? Uh, same as it ever was. Same <laughs> as it ever was. So uh, yeah, at the back end of AOS two, obviously we covered quite a few of the TTS events, and um, you know we were we were seeing that host Arkan and Zinch list um, doing really well. And, um, yeah, continues to be dominant because, yeah, the, the headline is uh, three UK events 
uh, all won by the disciples of Zinch. Um, uh, they were all hosts Arcanum lists, um, but there was a little bit of little bit of flavor, little bit of a flavor change uh, for Daniil's list from the London Open. But certainly uh, the winning list from the Lost and the Damned, and also Fabian's list from Carnage, um, very much the the Kairos, the that axis, the, the the duo Kairos and his best mate Archeon, just you know causing players all manner of trouble. Right? It was uh, it's 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 a devastating duo. Well, yeah, so let me just talk about Fabian's list, and I've got some real thoughts on it. Uh, so he's running Hosar Karnam. So again, if you, I feel like I've said this a thousand times. I retweeted our man Iron Gutsman earlier today. He's like, any of you shocked by a Hosar Karnam's each list with Archeon at this point is living under a rock and has been for maybe 18 months. But you can unbind turns one, three, five, free unbind. In an army that's already got Destiny Dice and Kairos's ability, you have so much control over all of the game, so you're shutting down a spell. You also um, uh, can have Screamers as battle line, that's really important, and you can summon a unit of free, uh, six free Screamers as well, which is really, really key. Uh, so that's really good. Kairos does what Kairos does. He's going to do flat six mortal wounds through a spell portal at like 38 inches range, um, which is pretty huge, and is going to turn someone into a spawn. So you can delete an important character, or he's going to shut down a shooting unit quite nicely. Uh, so Kairos has also got a once per game ability to turn one of like nine things. Uh, so you stop a charge, which is so powerful with a redeploy. Uh, do that, like um, turn a casting roll off, turn a caster roll on, make a charge roll happen. Just so much abilities in there. Uh, so many abilities in there as well. Blue Scribes, the ability to do reroll casts. Uh, on a two-up from his war scroll, which I think is pretty important. You can't unbind that either, uh, which is massive. So then basically five out of six times you can make it, you can reroll all the casts, which is going to tie in so well with Chronomantic Cogs, which is going to give plus one cast to every wizard within six. And then, as you can see, uh, his um, additional enhancement is spell. So all of his wizards know an additional spell from the spell law. So his Magistron Disc of Zinch, uh, as well as the Blue Scribes and Kairos know an additional spell. So even though he's not trying to generate loads of summoning points, he will be just casting spells. Like, he should be on, like I don't know, six to eight fate points per turn, which is 10 away from 10 blue horrors, which is 20 wounds to hold objectives. It's quite nice. But other than that, other than that, obviously Archeon, 10 Karakakalites, three Screamers of Zinch, and another three Screamers of Zinch. So not a lot to hold objectives with early doors, Owen, basically. No, no. And, uh, you know, different to pretty much all of the uh, Zeech Host uh, Arcanum lists that we see. Um, no pinks, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. There's no pinks in there, is there? Uh, no, no pinks, no pinks. Although not long until he could potentially summon some pinks, depending on what he plays against. But again, yeah. the Archeon, it's all about Shield of Fate, which is going to give you re-rolls based on how many Destiny dice you've got left. So we know re-rolls have kind of gone out of the game, but they're still in there now. And then he's got Infusion Arcanum, so plus one to hit um, and plus one to wound. And thanks uh, to Fabian, who's in the chat, bro to pro, big love to you, who's saying he's got 12 casts, he's got 12 casts a turn with Cogs is what he's got. So if he gets them all off, that's 12 fate points a turn, effectively. There we go. He's, yeah, he's saying, I summon 10 blues every turn. They... So whilst you look at the list and you're like, where's the bodies? Then the, the bodies come um, and they're filling in the gaps and screening and just generally being a nuisance. Also, Rob, uh, obviously we've talked about this list a lot, but what do you think's changed um, uh, from, from two to three then? Obviously, um, how the game you is know, played. Heroic how the yeah. game is played actually the i think the fact that all three have done really well like the three different events i think like my like the list itself like played i mean the list itself was already dominant pre-aos 3 but structurally how the game was played is very different um thanks swoley for subscribing everyone for joining us live because more than anything the zinch build archeon build yes but the zinch build more than anything is you can guarantee results. And when you can guarantee results, you can guarantee battle tactics, which are huge point swings, right? They're huge point swings. Already arc, so, and, and when you talk about other lists, like Pete, who's in the chat, he was taking his uh, Ogre Moor tribes, right? So you're running a Frostlord on Stonehorn. Yes, maybe he achieves the battle tactic. Maybe he doesn't make the charge whatever like but maybe he achieves the battle tactic and he's a monster for plus one archeon with destiny dice and kairos guarantees the charge yeah guarantees with infusion arcanum and other stuff like you're rolling twos and twos most of the time yeah to delete a thing it's pretty impressive and also he doesn't die so you've included two monsters who can achieve secondary uh but so achieve your battle tactics and 
guarantee them more than any other army. Most other armies have to roll. You're like, I'm going to guaranteed. Like, I'm going to guaranteed run there. Like, I'm going to guaranteed get that charge. And I think that is that reliability just means that you're able to do stuff. As well as Archeon being on a two-up, re-rollable save, ignoring rend one or two. And all of the stuff that's good in the game, hits on sixes, cause mortal wounds, whatever, just negated by the Ed, Eye of Ed Sheeran. So um, I think it, I think those are, the, those are the reasons, in my opinion. Yeah, 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 I think you're right. And how many games have you had, Rob, or heard stories about, oh, I went for, you know, broken ranks and I left one more tech guard alive out of the unit of 20, or, you know, I, I went for... You know, you go for that tactic and 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 dice let you down or something like. That, even though it looked like it's on, and you, I think you've nailed it there. It's that um, it's the ability to know you're going to do it, and then that means you can structure your game really easily. Um, not easily. I you mean, can, even you, if we... you have. Yeah, go on. You've got so much control, right? You've just got so much control. Also, things like you can be a horrible person and make your opponent miscast. Uh, <laughs> that that Kairos, the the Oracle. What's it called? Oracle of Eternity. Like. Especially playing against a game, uh, an opponent who is running Zinch Archeon build, um, they've got so many options that that mental fatigue can kick in. So turn three or turn four, or even turn five, your opponent might have forgotten about the the Oracle, about the rig, as we call it. And yeah. then, you know, boom, you know, you may think that you've got an in and then, you know, that late game fatigue and he saved the Oracle and he switches off that, that key spell, switches off that, you know, makes you fail that charge after you've redeployed. Um, I think it's they've got the biggest toolbox, right? Um, yeah, yeah, like it's such a it's such a wide toolbox. And again, when we talk about monsters in the game, um, like we we talked about bloodthirsters. I talked about I talked about uh, bloodthirsters with Gammy on the corn uh, faction reaction. And one of the things one of the things that he talks about is obviously like bloodthirsters got a little bit more reliable with plus one to hit, amulet of destiny, also be the ability for all out defense. So he's got that a little bit more reliable, but you don't want to include more because you can't stack all those buffs on like the more than the one bloodthirster. You can't all out defense multiple bloodthirsters. You can't amulet of, Des amulet of destiny, sorry, multiple bloodthirsters. Archeon's the perfect, he's already brilliant. So mm. all of those additional things that you can add on to him. So when you're writing lists for Age of Sigmar 3 and you're thinking about including more monsters, you just think, okay, well, what's the best monster? And mm. how can I make that the best possible? And then uh, then uh, the Destiny dice just are really going to throw that. But that said, Fabian, obviously an excellent gamer as well, in addition. But we're going to talk about uh, Host Arcanum. Uh, Archeon, I think, again, another tournament um, mm. winning it. And I think you're going to see this time and time again. Um, interesting to see. I don't know if he ended up going up, up against. I don't know if you saw his path to victory. If he ended up going against. I've got it right uh, here for you, Rob. Please let me know. Right here. So oh, cool. uh, round one uh, was uh, Math Maller. So the the Null Root Sylvaneth build uh, that was Matt's oh, only, nice. only lost. Uh, then he took. Uh, and on... they already pl they played previously. They played here at uh, one of the captain. Uh, sorry, one of the. Uh, 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 one of our Age of Sigmar events, which was super cool. So yeah. that nice rematch. That's cool. Little, I think there's a little bromance developing there. I'll be honest with you. To, uh, I th I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cute. Um, and then uh, he rolled into uh, Sons of Bayam at the Breaker Tribe. So a very okay. dif a different challenge. Um, then a Boulder Head Ogre More Tribes list. Uh, round four was the was Tom Maudsley's Legion of the First Prince. So even with all that shutdown and control, he managed to break through um, and, 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 and win that. And then the... It was table one, uh, round five. It was Mike Stewart, a, a former Fire Slayers player. Now with that, he won one of your events, didn't he, Mike? With the Thunder Lizard, Bastilladon, um, and Salamander. Lovely build. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they duked it out on table one, and, um, and 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 Fabian came out on top there. So quite a variety of different threats um, and, and different um, you know armies, um, and obviously you know Fabian was able to uh, to crush them all and, and take home the gold. So, um, yeah, solid. Yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very solid. Very solid play. I, I think we're going to see this uh, time and again. And like you said, uh, the, um, the Law of Fate uh, for um, the reroll saves on Archeon is also a really nice pick in there as well. And the thing is, is you're adding 20 wounds like he was talking about in the chat. And again, shoot, shout out to Fabian. Um, you know, being able to put 20 wounds worth of blue horrors on the board every turn is pretty nice. That's 100 wounds you're adding over the course of the game. Um, which I think is just uh, what's the eye of Ed Sheeran? Uh, so you, what you have to do is you reroll sixes to hit against Archeon, um, and that turns off just all of the good things: sentinels, wardens, 
You pick a thing. Pick a thing. Like you got to re-roll bow it. Snakes. Uh, bow snakes. Bow uh, snakes. Yeah, like it's just it just caps him out, um, and he's just on. Probably, I don't know. Maybe that's the best rule that he's got. He's got some good ones. Also, the ability to heal fifteen d three over the course of a game. If you uh, so five in your own hero face from his war scroll and ten heroic recoveries on bravery ten. If you want to do yeah. that, is yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, I think it's I really think the, 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 head, the headline that I've created for Zeech Archeon is that they've got the biggest toolbox and the biggest tool. That's <laughs> that's what they've got. That works because uh, yeah, he's um, also just um, got Trek watch. There's a lot of talk about got Trek. Yep. Um, so, so just rounding out um, the, the the carnage. Um, just to say, the meta we had eleven Seraphon players, seven Ogamore tribes, six Sons of Bayamat, and six Slaves of the Darkness. Quite a lot of Archeons. Um, and then yeah, the top got trek was um, John Dale with a Seraphon got trek build that went three two. Oh nice. So is it is it fake news, Rob? Or you know, did people redeploy against him? Well, no. You know, so we've is, so we talked we talked about it already before. Like the god monsters are going to be the issue. It's not going to be the other stuff that's the issue. It's going to be in a Gash Archeon, um, uh, Marathi um, with Gotrek in there as the counter. Which is why I've said previously on other shows that I would like to see him not get nerfed, Gotrek, because actually you would have to nerf the god monsters first. Otherwise, you don't really get like a rock paper scissors in the meta as is. Um, which I think uh, would be something to talk about, but yeah, we um, we I don't know if we're seeing that. We we have seen that yet, but um, uh, we the FAQs sometime soon. Uh, so I don't think it's fake news. I think he's really good into the right matchups and bad into the wrong matchups, and that's great because that's a nice balancing piece. Whereas I think Archeon's probably good into and Marathi uh, and the Bowsnakes are good into most of the matchups. I think, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned the Slayer of Kings either, have we? Which is, you know, in a in a god monster meta, the ability to just go see you later is, um, you know, huge. Still, yeah, and in Zeke, the ability and... to choose that result, massive. Yeah, yeah, so good, so good. Uh, although ten salamanders might kill him, maybe. But no, salamanders, salamanders, the terror, salamanders, sixes to hit, cause D three mortal wounds. Archeon's like lol jokes if he's got mystic shield on him he's on a two up save if he's got um all out defense he's ignoring rend one so really what happens is um is you're putting him back to a three up save after you've re-rolled the mortal wounds which he's got a four up against very good is what nine storm fiends can probably take him out maybe uh, but then Kairos will just make it so they don't cast more more warp power. So, no. <laughs> more more warp power. He was like, fuck you. <laughs> just turn the dice the other way. And then, and then the arch warlock is suddenly Steve the spawn on the next turn. And he's, <laughs> they're definitely not going to cast it again because he's just been zoop. wild. Uh, can we just wild talk about times. a couple of the other lists just for a moment, if you don't mind? Because um, Greg did a great job. Mate, with it's, the your show. it's your show and my show. So, of course we can. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, it's our show. Yeah, uh, Soulblight Gravelord. So Castelli Dynasty um, uh, is what Greg was running. And he's got Nagash, Manfred, and Vengori Lord. So three monsters in this setup. But it really ties into the conversation that we're really having about Archeon as well in the armor save meta. Nagash with plus one save is going to be on that two up. Manfred, three to a two. Uh, Vengori Lord is in there as well in reducing rend being applied to those models by one. So actually plus one save like the Venga boy, sorry. Uh, but yeah, the Vengorian, Vengorian Lord uh, doing that as well. Uh, and then obviously they're in the Castelli dynasty. So they've got all of those buffs and then they've got those uh, again, min battle line, two death rattle, uh, two times 10 death rattle skeletons and the five blood knights. Uh, again, armor save three up. You could stick them on a two up if you wanted to. Um, so just a wicked list that really ties in with how I think a lot of the other meta works. Because if you can know that, go then and look at Math Mallow's list, he's just doing all mortal wounds from the Sylvaneth list. Like mm. it's just all mortal wounds all the time. Um, and so I, I just think that's a really cool conversation. And then Toby's list, because Toby was at this event, right? This was right. Double yeah, yeah. more Crusher. Yeah. Um, Double more Crusher is just a fucking baller list, right? Mega Boss and War Crusher twice, and then he's got 10 Uruk Brute. He's got two War Chanters as well and a weird knob, but we're just kind of ignoring that because you put them in anyway, right? The double War Crusher, and then it's the 10 Uruk Brutes. And again, the armor save across the army is excellent, uh, 
really solid. Is there a problem? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's happening over there, but it's uh, it's not a good noise. Sorry, peeps. I can't control that. <laughs> Shall I hold on? I'll cover my microphone. Carry on. No, it's okay. It's okay. No, no it's gone now. It's gone now. It's fine. Um, uh, but then he's got ten or brute. So it's just a lot of really solid threats. And I think one of the interesting things about like you know the MSU mm. idea for for Age of Sigmar three is Toby's list really does the opposite of that. He's like, cool, I've got five units. Well, I've got like some characters and five units, and they're all ball ball hard. Greg's list, the same. I've got I've got some zombies, but then I've got like three fucking nails units. Mm. Like, and I think that maybe we're in that meta, if that makes sense. Hero hammer. Hero yeah, hammer. hero hammer, but more of like an elite because the ten Uruk brutes, three hundred points. You know, the fifteen bow snakes. Um, your thirty phoenix guard, your thirty iron drakes. Like. It pushes into the conversation about reliability, where like they'll definitely do the thing. Like five Uruk brutes, maybe not. Ten Uruk brutes with a war chant buff, they'll do the thing. They'll do the. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah. that like I think there's a lot of that at the moment. Um, and I think it might be the way to build lists in Age of Sigmar three competitively. Also, we need to talk about the Metal Ripper's Claw. Uh, Leo Routon and obviously a winner of the bloodshed um, and, in, the and Shire, a, yeah. in the Shires and a um, you know a, an Iron Jaws player of note. He's uh, this is his TM. He calls it the Dream Crusher um, because <laughs> that Metal Ripper's Claw minus three rend um, on on the, uh, the the Mega Boss or More Crusher. It just blends. It just it's just an absolute horrible thing to try and deal with so if i would rob uh, if i was going to say um uh, an army to start aos3 with you know a, a new player i would i would put them on iron jaws all day long iron jaws or ogres like great fun yeah, uh, fast stone horns yeah. yeah um yeah, or stone horns yeah it's it's um it's pretty scary to try and have to deal with those because obviously uh, i think it's called strength from victory every time they kill either a model or a unit they get an extra attack and an extra wound and they just stack up and up and up, and it, it, they just blend. It, it's um, yeah. Plus, also, yeah. You, you, like mighty destroyers, you can't like yeah. you can't ignore that the double move because you you look at Morkus, you think, oh, he's fast. He's like, guess what? He's moving twice. Then he's going to charge. And you're like, that's amazing. Like, he's probably one of the most mobile threats in Age of Sigmar. And, like, he's going to do battle tactics for you. Uh, the one with the Amulet of Destiny is going to keep, like, that's a nice additional thing to put on top. Uh, I think I think that's a great list from Toby. Um, and I think it's, it's cool seeing him do so well with that as well. Um, especially just, like, picking it up because someone said so, right? So I think that's a that's a cool list. Uh, and then we had, like, a, and the other thing, there was three Seraphon lists in the, in the 4-1 bracket. And they were all different. Yeah. So something to talk about there as well. Like, that's great. Yeah, still excellent. I mean, people think that maybe um, Croak uh, has taken a little step back. And if anyone's interested in really learning about Seraphon rather than my sort of sort of headline ideas, um, obviously going back to the faction reaction with James, that's such a deep dive on, on Seraphon and, and, and how he feels that they're going to be able to um, operate in 3.0. But yeah, great book, Rob. There was, there was actually all four sub-factions were represented over the weekend. Uh, shout out to James Beden continuing with his uh, coatless claw, taking it from um, TTS to back into real life. But um, yeah, they're still great. I mean, people think that you know, without the big blob of forty skinks, um, you know they've had their wings clipped a little bit. But Seraphon, um, you know, still, still super strong. You know, one one Basti shooting twice rather than two is still really amazing, right? Um, and, and I don't think that we've seen the real hard edge 3.0 uh, uh, Seraphon list yet. Uh, I think people, because they've got so many options, I think people are still figuring out what the optimal build is, um, and, and, and hence why we've got three sub-factions in the top 10 there. Um, yeah, I actually played a game with Seraphon still yesterday. see a lot of lizards. Yeah, I played a game with Seraphon yesterday, and I just, I just, I just replaced all of my salamanders, of which I had 10 in the list, with uh, Razordons, uh, which are a little bit cheaper. And they were like, it was still, I mean, the difference is fucking night and day, Owen. Night and day. The Razor Dons versus Salamanders. But like, if they were Salamanders, I was like constantly just rolling. I was like, oh yeah, that would die. Like, that's so good. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, a great event, Mancunian Carnage. Great news. Uh, big shout out to everyone, even if you weren't in the four-one or the three-two bracket or whatever you were in. Um, I'm just, like, don't worry. Like, it's a starter event. Everyone's just learning, uh, so you should be happy. Where are we going to next around the world, Owen? 
Uh, we're not going to go too far, I think, because we've touched on it already. Oh my god, is that another noise? That's okay. That's oh, fine. No, I think it's, it's, it's Sorry, Don't I'm you not. Worry. You know, we're we're live, aren't we, Rob? We we're live. This is how it works. It's how it works. Like we're in the field. Makes it more feel. No. It makes it feel more eventy as well. If I'm honest, <laughs> more eventy. <laughs> I need I need to be hold, talking into a sword or something, don't I? <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah, that's a deep cut for the old crew, right? <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to go up to Scotland to um, this is Common Ground Games in Stirling. Amazing. Uh, 30, 36 players were playing at the Lost and the Damned, which I think is their first first event back up in Scotland, uh, first re- uh, big event. Um, and yeah, as we've touched on. Um, uh, it was taken out by Lee Martin with the uh, Disciples of Zinch host Arcanum build. So 36 um, players in the tier was Scott Smith, right? Yes. Apologies, I skipped over that. Yes, Scott Smith. I think John Harper probably had something to do. I think he's very much the one of the, the, the sort of heads of the community out there. I'm not sure if he was TOing as well, but Scott Smith is who we've got on tabletop TO. Um, but yeah, that was um, yeah taken out by uh, another Zinch list, which we'll touch on. Um, and then uh, runner-up uh, was um, Eric Herger, who we saw, I think he was with the Beast Midlands, wasn't he? He was in the Super, in the Super Series. Series, yeah. Um, and he's uh, running Lumineth Realm Lords, Geometrica list, Rob. Not uh, not seen very often. Nope. And then um, in third place, uh, Stephen Mitchell uh, with another Soulblight Grave Lords, but the Virkos Dynasty this time, which is, I think is the Wolfie one, isn't it, Rob? It is. It is like Belladama and also um, uh, Radicar. Uh, in there as well like um they're they're not they're not locked in but they're in there not that they really benefit from anything inside of it to be honest uh but like yeah like um uh, interesting again just just to keep that trend up in that 4-1 bracket soul blight grave lords again something to constantly just keep your ear out for at the moment um they're having an impact on the tournament gaming scene uh, we saw greg already um and now steven as well so just something just to be conscious of as we're talking through because i think that they, they've got some real play and i think there's a lot of people like looking at them and understanding them and also if you don't play against them in, uh, very much uh, i think you get caught out by them so something uh, to talk about there whereas something like eric's list is far more just leaning into the strengths of a very wide and deep book in the lumineth realm lords uh, but yeah lee martin's disciples each list this is, is this the one that was different to the other ones no, no. This one is very much down the route of this is this is um, Kairos and Archeon and the and the supporting cast. Yeah. Uh, let me um, let me see if I can bring that up one moment. I've got it. I've got it. It's Changecaster, uh, uh, Changecaster twice. Uh, the Blue Scribes, Archeon, Chaos Sorcerer Lord, and another Chaos Sorcerer Lord. So no uh, no Kairos in this one is the point. Uh, then ten oh. then ten Pink Horrors, three Screamers of Zinch. Uh, twice and then the cogs of the spell portal so this one in my opinion is like the more summoning variant because this is a ton of cast and obviously the uh, the enhancement he's gone for is is uh, is the spell law so what he's done is he's just doubled up so he, he's got he's got one two three four five six seven uh 14 he's casting probably close to 14 to 18 spells a turn in this one um which is pretty huge uh, and then because the blue scribes is going to be re-rolling all of those casts, so he could potentially summon close to twenty pink horrors a turn from the summoning, uh, which is and then Archeon to just go over. So Archeon just goes over, beats you up, and if you get to like turn, you get to turn two, maybe he's putting twenty pink horrors on the board, maybe he's putting some exalted flamers on the board, maybe some flamers, but like it's pretty consistent. And those spells, if you get within eighteen inch range, are going to start to smash. You've got like two three three d6 mortal wounds potentially coming out a bunch of d3 mortal wounds you've got a bunch of other spells you've got shield of fate as well on there as well like so there's just a ton of mortal wound output at that 18 inch bracket so it's like a magical gun line that generates summoning points which is pretty nice uh, and then archeon just to distract you um and uh, and obviously he's got the chaos lord in there for um the double activation yes. on archeon which is a yeah, bit yeah. different yeah yeah that's uh, very different yeah um, so you, more output as well, and you can just you can put like with the healing on Archeon, you can just put him in the middle anyway. Like, and also don't forget, um, uh, you've got the uh, uh, you've got the auto charge on Archeon. Uh, so you've got the agenda that if you achieve a charge on a nine, uh, you get all the extra attacks on Archeon as well. So plus one attack on every one of his melee profiles. So you're just going to do some 
pretty gross work in combat with him. Uh, so this is a slightly different one. I like this. This is fun. This is fun. This is a lot of summoning. Uh, it's so fun when you're playing with Seraphon. Uh, not Seraphon, with Zinch. I played with Seraphon last night, and Nathan cast a spell, and I was like, oh, I don't get anything for this. Like, it's so fun <laughs> when your opponent casts spells. <laughs> yeah, it's slightly different to Corn, isn't it? It's like, oh, right, my stuff dies, and I get a point. Whereas, like, you're just... You know, doing what you want to do anyway, and you get points. Oh, yeah. it, it just le it leans into the toolbox. Also, Rob, I think you like this list because it's got double ch change caster, and you love that eight armed bastard. The don't fucking you? wind caster. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you guys don't know, if the change caster casts a spell on a nine or more, he ca gets to cast another spell. So, when he's near the, co he's a one cast wizard, but when he's near the cogs, obviously gets an additional ta cast as well. And when with three rolls, um, your likelihood to cast uh, nine plus spell, like you go. It's quite likely that you could start casting more than his two. I think the winning, uh, the the highest I've got so far is cast seven spells with him, which is great fun yeah, for, a one, me. for a one yeah. for a one for a one cast wizard. That's <laughs> 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 half a unit of pink horrors almost from one guy. So yeah, great uh, great army, and it's nice to see that play slightly differently. So there's another version, but of course. Archeon working that really well. So well done to Lee Martin going five zero. Who's in the four zero bracket, Owen? Um, uh, four, I'll just, four one. I'll just I'll just step back one thing. I have oh, actually sorry. got Lee's route to victory. Just if you're interested, oh, yeah, because he did. He did. Um, he took out uh, another Zinch list, which was a Guild of Summoners. He he also took out a Sons of Bayamat, a Breaker Tribe. Uh, JP Gannis with Gloomspike Gits. Um, and then uh, two Gotreks he took out as well, Rob. So he had a, a Daughters of Cain, which was Marathi uh, in Keltnar, along with Gotrek. He, he beat that. And he also beat Eidneth Deepkin with Gotrek. So he kind of took on a lot of what you perceive to be the big map. Apart from maybe facing up against Nagash, he took out and, and you know, he faced and took out uh, a lot of the, 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 the prevalent threats at the start of 3.0. So not an easy route. Um, but that, I think that goes to show, you know, obviously his generalship along with the strength of, of that build. Um, yeah, again, that, that, again, that, that I, again, I've been trying to express this a lot, but like the game plays inherently differently if you play Age of Sigma 2 to 3. If you're new to 3, it's... Um, it's so... It, like, you aren't really playing like an overarching game as you used to do. Like, there is some... Like, we used to describe Swamp List, where you just push at your opponent, you pin them in their objective, and they weren't ever able to get the secondaries. Uh, sorry, they weren't ever able to get the primaries and grab, like, objectives, and you pretty much win that way. Kind of do that now, but actually, you can get up quite a lot of points. You really, like, the, the swing difference is pretty huge. Um, uh, obviously, on primaries, if you hold more, there's an additional one. And if you hold two, hold more, then it's going to be a two-point difference every turn, which over the course of a game is five. But if you can deny a battle tactic one time, uh, sorry, a ten, but if you deny a battle tactic once, that comes down to eight. You deny their grand strategy, that brings them down to five. So there's a lot more in the way you're scoring points and how you're scoring points is far more important than the overarching strategy. And if your swamp strategy doesn't really work or pay off, it doesn't really pull out. So what you're really looking to do, no lewd jokes, please. Um, what you're really looking to do is score. You're trying to understand how your list is going to achieve battle tactics and primary every single game. And you don't even need to score all primary because you just have to score more. So you don't have to fight on everything. You've just got to fight in probably two places, which is more than... Uh, anyway, it's really mm. good. And it, it... No, 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 no. I agree with you. From you saying that, it's made me think that it's almost like five battle rounds is like five mini games. Yes. Because you're, co you're constantly like uh, reassessing what you need to do. Um, and and it's, not a it's not a case of like, oh, well, you've killed my key piece uh, in turn two, so we can just theory this out because the game's over. It's, um, yeah, it, it does seem to be like five miniature games of Age of Sigma. It's, a, it's like a little mini-series. I don't know. I haven't really thought that through, but that, that, that's kind of where my head's at. Mine too. Um, Mine too. Yeah, you, you, you can hang in there. Um, we were going to talk about the notable four yep. ones, weren't we, Rob? That's where we're moving to next. So um, one thing to note is that Eric and Stephen, it was four wins and one draw. Wow. So, um, yeah, that, there were three unbeaten lists at the event. Um, and then rocking in at fourth place, um, yeah, J.P. Gannis uh, with Gloomspite Gits. I believe it was um, Bundo Whalebiter was in there uh, and an Arachnorock Spider. Um, and I think there might have been a Loom Boss. I tell you what, I don't even have to think. I can just look. Why don't I use the power of the Internet? Hold on. I don't want to. 
So yeah, it was uh, Bundo, Scragrot, a Madcap Shaman, a Loon Boss on Magla's Squigs, a Web Spinner Shaman on a Ragnarok with the Amulet of Destiny, and then 12 Squig Herd, 20 Shooters, 20 Shooters, 3 Rocket Trogots. I mean, it kind of sounds like um, somebody's collection of models, but he's obviously made it work. So um, good for him, right? Uh, well, like we like we talked about before, it really ties into the conversation I was trying to have with you previously. So, like the web spinner Shaman on Ragnarok's got an aura of minus one to hit, so Bundo can be minus one to hit, so he can do all of the tanking for the army. Um, and I'm sure at some point JP will, will, will talk about him more. Uh, the shooters can hold objectives, as you can imagine. Um, and then the Rocket Troglus with plus one to hit. They're not six, but three is good damage. Like, good damage. With, like, plus one to hit is going to be really important for those guys. Um, so you can do a lot. And again, and the Manglers, Loom Boss on Mangler Squigs, because with Bundo and the Web Spinner tanking, you don't aren't using the Loom Boss on Mangler Squigs to do what he used to do, which was, like, be the only really big mobile threat that would go out there and get stuff. Instead, you can move into the midfield, grab some objectives, achieve a couple of battle tactics. You don't really have to engage. Then when they hit you and they try and take out Bundo or the... the, um, uh, the web spinner then you can counter punch and start scoring additional points with your loom boss on manglers who's got a constant threat right constant threat range of being able to run across the board so if the moon moves into the right place it feels like the tempo of the army really plays quite nicely into some of the objectives um like into some of the scoring and it means that he can instead of using like this throwaway piece you can save it for a little bit later which is quite nice and again monsters are just going to be achieving things right they're going to be achieving battle tactics because he can run three of them start so he's going to get ferocious advance plus one most people won't have that plus one in their army that won't be a plus one point that they ever get with ferocious because you get you run three monsters and you get an additional vp so that plus mm. monstrous takeover because you almost have to have one monster in your army because monstrous takeover is just ha like it's just like a cool i'll put my monster on this objective this turn there's two points from my battle tactic so it's just a, yeah thumb like 100 percent. so like you've got you don't even have to fight your enemy unless you're trying to take objectives until turn three and you've scored mm. five points in battle tactics which might be plus one more than your opponent ever gets so then it just works really nicely so yeah, big love on that list. And I think some lists with triple monsters, like we saw Pete with his Ogre More Tribes list, going to be able to do some stuff, I think. Depends on the monsters, yeah. though. Not Charybdises. Not them. Never Charybdises. <laughs> Never Charybdises. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. I mean, huge huge achievement as well going 4-1 with that list. Huge achievement. So well done to JP. Yeah, absolutely. Smashing it. Um yeah, uh, then I think, should we go to the London Open next Yeah, sure. I like, just wanted to just do, do some shout-outs for some of the other lists. Like, just talking about Eric's list, that four, four wins and a draw, like you said. It was Teclis in the Cathalar, but then, like you said, it was Yometrica with the two Stone Guard, uh, which I think is quite cool. Two tens of Stone Guard. Uh, they're going to be ignoring Ren, pluses to saves. They're, they're going to do the... Pr they're like, these do something different to what the other lists do, in my opinion in that they hold the primary super, super well. So they're going to be outscoring mm. the primary. You're not going to push them off the objectives, in my opinion. And then you've got the Ballista um, and then the Spell Portal from Techlist, and you could start achieving those battle tactics with those guys. So I think this does, I think this does kind of slightly differently, where he's pushed more into a list that guarantees the primaries, and then he thinks about how to achieve the battle mm. tactics, if that makes sense. Yeah, and he's made it with a one drop, uh, so that that does uh, reinforce your opinion on that. In terms of he wants to potentially go first, you know, as you say, mob the primary and just deny, um, and that's his path to victory. And that's interesting, right? That there's multiple paths to victory in in a in a game where there's, you know, uh, in a varied game, um, you know, with with lots of different. Lots of different ways to win. Yeah, really interesting. Re yeah, just just very interesting. Again, just want to shout out the uh, Soul Blight list, if you don't mind, Owen, because it's uh, it's definitely just still part of that conversation that we're going to see more of these Soul Blight lists, which is a Necromancer, Belladama, um, Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon, and then Manfred, which is just such a nice pick, right? Because Vampire Lord and Zombie Dragon and Manfred 
double ta tango it in. Uh, this is in Vicross. Um, and then teleporting Manfred away. Then two 20s of Dead Walkers, uh, Zombies, and two 10s of Direwolves. And then that 20 Graveguard, which will feature more in some of the other lists we've seen, are going to do... Because you get the... In Vicross, you get the plus two hit or plus two wound. One of the two. Um, I think it's plus to wound, plus one to wound, I believe. I'm not sure. But yeah, I think that's right. Um, but yeah, you're right. 280 points. Of They're good, those graveguards. Oh, my God. So much damage. So much damage from those 20 graveguard, especially uh, with uh, Belladama's uh, exploding sixes uh, on them as well. Could do some sweet work. And uh, yeah, yeah, really nice. Um, and the Vampire Lords are going to be just horrific to play against. Everything I said about Archeon, but just Manfred and the Vampire Lord doing the same thing but are in two places. Fucking two places at once, I mean, two places. Just do what they like. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, what's the next event? Um, sorry, I'm just a bit conscious of time. Oh, if you got to go? Be done quite quick. Uh, reasonably quickly, but I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so gonna we're going to come back, back to the cap capital. So uh, the London Open, um, which was run by our very own Charles Hollam, Curlin Cabbage. Um so this was um, it was kind of a uh, not last minute, but it, it wasn't announced a huge amount in, time, uh, in advance. So um, twenty two players turned up yep. though, um, some players of note. Um, five rounds. It looked like a really good event. Loads of space. The tables and the terrain looked awesome. So props to Charlie. Did a really good job there. Um, but yeah, um, some some sort of names that we've heard on you know the super series and in tournaments gone by so this was won by um by daniel um obviously a a born winner he knows how to play age of sigma um only the only five and oh again with the zinch list um and i think it was host arcanum again wasn't it yeah Rob? it was but a different one this is this is the different one which we'll touch on um and then runner-up was um, a Hagnar list, uh, Daughters of Cain, run by Russell Taylor. And then um, Dan Ford with an Idolators, uh, Slaves to Darkness list, um, all Mark of Z. Loads of Chaos Warriors, um, right? 60k, two units of 30 Chaos Warriors. Uh, 120 wounds of rerollable save. Yeah, yeah. With with yeah, so they've got. I think that there's. I think I've heard Gutsman put 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 on Twitter somewhere that you can get up to plus eight. There are eight sources of plus one to save in Idolators. Yep. Um, and the fact that the Mark of Zinch gives them reroll ones, he's probably got a two up save rerolling ones, ignoring rend two. So um, a proper tar pit, right? A real tar pit, a classic, classic swamp. He also had some iron golems in there as well who have an additional plus one. So they're on a three-up save base now. And they'll be ignoring spells um, as well, right? Uh, on a, on a four-up, five-up, because of Marcus Inch, is what I'm saying. In, on a five-up, five yeah. Up. I think it's on a five-up yeah. Marcus Inch, yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're also, just to touch on a couple of the South London Legionnaires, did really well. They ended up, there was a draw, um, but that was um, Simon Froley and also Ben Murphy, um, who's a death player of note. Um, again, he did well with a, with a Soul Blight list um, and, and, and Simon with his Sons of Bay and that. So they were just outside the top three, um, but I, I think a draw just sort of knocked them down. Um, but, yeah, do you want to have a look at Daniil's list? Yeah, please. Get it? Yeah, yeah. I think we've got it. Um, I think it went on the... Um, the Honest Wargamer site. Let me just see if I can yeah, yeah. get it. Yeah, I got it. I got it for everyone to look at right now. Uh, so, ah, okay. Uh, Host Arcana. Take it away each, then. Uh, and it's Kairos again, like we talked about. Blue Scribes, but uh, no Archeon this time. So, Blue Scribes, Magister on Disc of Zinch, um, and then a Great Bray Shaman and a Chaos Sorcerer Lord. And he's got two times three, uh, sorry, three times three Screamers of Zinch as those battle line. Um, the lists are already on the website, so I'm just putting these in there now uh, for you guys. Um, and then uh, he's got 10 Chaos Chosen twice. 290 points. Fascinating. I remember uh, Chronomantic Cogs, Soul Screen Bridge, and the Umbral Spell Portal. Uh, so not forgetting that you can obviously... Um, those Chaos Chosen have got such a great ability to go across the bridge, set up nine away, and then guarantee the charge because of uh, those Fate Dice, uh, which means you can have plus one attack. So that nine-inch charge achieved on a unit means you get to add plus one attack to those uh, melee weapons, and then those Chaos Chosen are, are going to start to blend through stuff, which I think is pretty fascinating. And they're just like a big distraction piece, I think, because you're just summoning Fate Points, really. Uh, you've got Fate Weaver, obviously, in there as well. It does everything we've already said about the show, Fate Weaver. Bray Shaman to bring a unit out. Um, so you know, devolve a unit away, bridge in, mm -hmm. teleport in those, um, those uh, 
uh, over the bridge, there's chosen. chosen, and then just start smashing face. Very interesting. As we know, Daniil likes to, like, I'm going to quote you, he unpacks his army, army very specifically. And he, he, he doesn't mind playing very fragile screens and zoning uh, with... Um, the uh, the screamers and stuff like that. So uh, fascinating list. I would have liked to have seen this play in person uh, because I imagine it did mm. really well. Yeah, I think he's been looking to try and get some uh, more combat um, prowess into his lists uh, over recent times. So we saw some enlightened on disc in the super yep. series when he was running the sort of the chariots. Um, but yeah, the chosen for those that don't know, they obviously do a mortal wound on a six to hit. Um, in addition, um, a bit like a, a Dwarven Hammerer. And then they have an inherent rend one, um, and I think with plus one attack, they'd be on three attacks each. So, um, yeah, there's a, some good output there. And, um, yeah, he's always trying different stuff, so um, it would have been very easy to put Archeon on the table, but he's obviously lent into the, the 20 chosen, so good on him, eh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, incredible, right? Like, incredible. Like, and big shout-out. This is run by Colonel Cabbage as well, so just, just a, some solid Warhams. Uh, this is in London, Absolutely. right? Yeah, that's the London Open, which will again be on the calendar again next year, I think. So we'll expect to see uh, a, a bigger event next year. Um, but obviously, Daniil's uh, got the title that people are going to be wrestling wrestling him off. Yep. Wrestling off him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and shout out to everyone else as well, especially Dan Ford taking uh, that horrific. Love to see Dan Ford back in action uh, over the past two. Like one, a, a great war gamer. Uh, it's fun to see him there. Um, so that's great. Uh, do you want me to just quickly fire through the one-dayers? Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, so uh, there were some one-dayers around the world as well. So those are our like those are our two-dayers, um, our one-dayers around the world. Battleground Games and Hobbies had a 14-person event. Um, there were three games. Uh, and in that first bracket uh, was Anthony Lawrence with the Cities of Sigmar list, and it had Harkuron, so it was a Harkuron Cities list, Gotrek, Marathi, and then 30 Dark Shards of the Spell Portal, which is cute, right? Remove your save. Hit you with 30 Dark Shards, off you go, and just in case, Gotrek and Marathi are there to also play. Um, cute. Uh, big shout out to Anthony Lawrence. Uh, there's the Summertime Smash, which is only 10 players, three games. Um, in that first bracket, uh, we only had one person, that was Drew Alexander with Soulbright Gravelords again. He had Belladama, he had Radicar, and Necro White King, and then he had the 60 Zombies, and then he had 30 Graveguard. So again, uh, you can have Radicar plus one attack, exploding attacks from Belladama, piling attack twice from the Necro. Those 30 Graveguard or those 60 Zombies get bonuses from both, and they are going to absolutely hammer, man. Like, both of those two mm. lists. Uh, both of those two units. So that's a cool little list that Drew put together, so shout out to him. Uh, there was a Gamers Guild uh, AOS Slam, 14 players, th again, three games, this is one day. And in the, free, the first bracket, there were three people. Uh, sorry, two people, sorry, in the first bracket, it went 3-0. Cameron Halford with Soulblight Gravelords list again. Belladama, Nagash, Redikar, three times ten direwolves. Um, so again, just showing, I told you, it was all about Belladama and Redikar from that book. I said it. Like, so good. Uh, and then uh, Andrew Gale with Iron Jaws, which is just a, a pretty it's a big mix. More Crusher, two War Chanters, Weird Knob, some Hard Boys, some Pigs. Um, but big shout out to him. Uh, and then there was another event, Let's Go V3, which is 16 players. And in the first bracket, there were two people again. Uh, Patrick East with a Bleed Score Raiders Army with like a stone, a Frost Lord and Stonehorn uh, and some other Stonehorns. And then um, uh, in, uh, still in, Still in that first bracket where there was a Tempest Eye list with 30 crossbowmen and a General and Griffin. It was a Tempest Eye list. Um, so those are all the little one-dayers that we had knocking around, Owen, basically. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, I think one, one thing to note on the Soulblight list, we've seen that Necromancer turn up a lot. And the big change from in the new book is that, that his um, Van Hell's Dance Macabre lasts from hero phase to hero yep. phase. Um, so... Um, yeah, you get so much more efficiency out of it. Um, yeah. It's really good. It's really, really fucking good. Um, and I think you're going to see that more and more, right? Especially on those two units, Zombies and Graveguard. I think you'll see them more and more. Uh, so we've got some upcoming yeah. events knocking around the world. Yes, indeed. Uh, we have Pompey Pillage coming up this weekend in Portsmouth. Um, that's on the 7th. And then just looking a little bit further, we've got the Battle of Copenhagen in Denmark on the 14th. And then a week later, Nashcon on the 21st, which I Baby. think um, a lot of the uh, US community is working towards getting to Nashcon. So, um, yeah, that'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to 
to see what comes out of those uh, tournaments. Yeah, good. Uh, and then a final announcement from me um, uh, is on, yes, let me just make sure I get the date right, uh, because uh, I'm uh, on Saturday the 14th. Saturday the 14th in the TSN Arena, we have a six versus six man uh, Super Series trial. So normally the Super Series is four versus four, and we live stream it, of course. Uh, so uh, one of the suggestions by a good friend of the show, Tony Moore, was that we try a six v six, um, and we have two blind tables. So we will be live streaming our first Age of Sigmar three Super Series format. So we'll have the ban phase next Monday. Uh, I'll put up some stuff on the socials later today or tomorrow, uh, effectively. But it's the South London Legion versus the Dragon Slayers. So it's just a one-off trial event. Just to try something fun out is what I'm about, Owen. And that's it. And I, I get to play, right? You get to play, baby. You're in it. You're in the team. Very excited. Yeah, I need to put my, I need to put my money where my mouth is now, uh -huh. right? Uh-huh. Uh, you do. You do. And prove that that background is in fact real is what you need to do. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Stat Centre. Thanks, Owen. <laughs> I hope you have a great holiday. Thanks, bro. I'm. Uh, I better go because my brothers, uh, the people renting my brothers' Airbnb, are are, are around. So I need to go. <laughs> uh, That's why I've got a bit weird for the last twenty minutes. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, thanks for hanging out uh, on the Stat Center. Owen, love to you. Love to Owen in the chat. Love to everyone tuning in live. Uh, you can check out the lists. Uh, and all of the other stuff in the show notes. Check that out. Um, Owen, look after yourself. See you soon.